Hey, welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here. I uh, want to throw a quick shout out to Mile High. Last night they had their Christmas party. A uh, heck of a good time. Almost 50 full-time employees over there. Uh, but we had a we had a nice little party. Uh, you know, they do their white elephant. Tons of fun for your, you guys up in Alaska listening. Uh, I use the... Uh, Skinny Dick's Halfway In Apron as the White Elephant prize, and it was a big hit, went over really well. Um, with the whole White Elephant thing, somebody gets the prize, and then if somebody comes in after, you can take that person's prize and do the whole thing. Well, the Skinny Dick's Halfway In Apron and Rag went around the room three times with people, and I mean, until I, I left around midnight, and they were still having fun and taking pictures with that apron. It was a good old time. But uh, thank you to Diane and Randy uh, over there at Mile High. They put on a very nice Christmas party. Uh, thank you for the different gifts that went out. I got, uh, there was like a random draw gift, a bunch of them. I think 12 they did, 12 of these sort of equal boxes, and you can do all these different things with them. But uh, I got a, a ProTech Mile High Edition knife, a real nice one that I just happened to draw. Uh, it was based on numbers. The boxes were pre-numbered, and then early on, you grabbed your number out, and that just so happened, I got the Protect knife. So thank you, Randy and Diane, for that. Had fun with Mike and all the guys and Paul. The funny part was Paul. So he's like, dude, the prize, you got to get my prize. You got to get mine. I'm like, well, then you get mine. And Paul's was pretty quick. So when I went up, I ended up uh, getting Paul's prize, and then they had gotten a matching T-shirt with it. So it's a UFO beaming up Bigfoot, and it says, get in, loser, we're doing butt stuff. So uh, I got a coffee mug and t-shirt that's the alien and Bigfoot combined. How much fun is that? I mean, Christmas is fast coming. I hope everybody's, uh, you know, in, in good spirits and, and getting ready for that, that uh, we, we have it coming up so quick. I mean, it's just speeding through this year. I did finish going over the dates and everything for classes for Mile High. I mean, Alaska's all taken care of. It's full. You can get a hold of Mark and maybe slip into a class. But the classes in Alaska are pretty full. The classes here in the lower 48, there's a few little conflicts and a few things that I'm working on, which is why I haven't put it out. I got to check one more conflict in my schedule. And then I'll be able to post it. Uh, uh, apologies for the delay, but I mean, I'm adding classes. We're trying to do a lot. Everybody wants me to go all over the place. I know a lot of you guys have reached out to me um, in different places. Yes, I do believe the Michigan's going to happen. I got to hammer down those dates. This is all part of fixing those conflicts and making sure I'm not. Uh, I, I just reached out. It's been so dang busy. Uh, with a lot of things going on, but everybody's asking me, is this Michigan thing going to happen? Yes, it does look like Michigan's going to take place. Uh, the, the Mile High stuff here, or in your at least in Colorado, is going to take place. I'm going to definitely talk with um, Brian and try to do a Blue Steel Ranch one with Brian uh, probably October, and it'll be a, a sort of hybrid advanced field using all the best parts of Blue Steel Ranch. And what we'll do is we'll kind of do a little bit of fundamentals with me, a little bit of stuff with Brian, and then do a combination and go live fire. So um, that's definitely stuff that I'm looking at. 
And to be perfectly honest, as fast as my classes sell out, uh, as I you know, Alaska's full. You know, there's there's maybe a handful of slots left. I'm not. I haven't put it out so far in advance because they do sell out pretty quick. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's not a problem that way. I'm also finalizing the training, or it's not even a training rifle, but the I'm finalizing the stuff with APO. Uh, I, I should be done this week. I just got on Friday in the final paperwork, uh, going over the numbers and and looking at those different things. So that way there, um. It, it's going to be sub $2,000. We got that hammered down. We're, we're, we're looking at, you know, stuff like 308, 6.5 Creedmoor in this rifle. Uh, based off a of 700, but it's going to get worked on with um, APO. They're going to do some stuff. And then it's going to have their Sabre Forest chassis, okay, with the better butt stocks on it. So that's kind of, you know, we're, what we're working on as well as I'm, I'm shooting their Cabela version right now. And my... Only, only complaint is the rifle basic trigger. So I spec'd a trigger tech trigger for our version. So this will be a a sort of sniper's hide authorized. I want to take a class or I want to do this, I want to do that. What do I buy? What do I get? I mean, because in the past, here's how it's gone, man. It's, it's gear buying questions are the number one questions we get. What gear do I buy? You know what I mean? Scopes. Everybody wants me to pick their favorite color and their reticle and all that stuff. What scope do I buy? What blah, 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 blah. Well, the scope we recommend in the budget area is the Night Force SHV. Okay, so, you know, we're at that like $1,200 for what's your recommended scope? What puts the frank stamp of approval on it? It's the Night Force SHV. We want to do the same thing with a rifle, you know, and part of the deal is, guys, I go to class, everybody, well, what do I buy? Or I'm going to take your class. What do I get? I don't have anything. And we've always looked at like the Ruger RPR because, you know, I had a hand on that uh, work with them and, and we did some stuff with that. So I've always said, well, you know, get an RPR. There's just so many things. And if you look at the stuff with Alaska, Mark really took the RPR as a class tool, as a recommended rifle for students to the next level, to the point we were three quarters of our classes have a Ruger RPR in it, okay? Pretty simple. So what do I get? What do I do? And the, the, here is the key to that. Number one, I did have a hand in it. Number two, it's inexpensive. But at the time, when a lot of people really couldn't find a Ruger, they were available in Alaska. Every three bear had them, every place. They were everywhere. I mean, guys would come to the lodge and be like, hey, man, in Wasilla, there's nine RPRs. And another guy would go, hey, over here in this place, there's, you know, 15 of them. Oh, down in Anchorage, they got six of them over there. And so it was really easy. We knew the system. It's reliable. If something was up, we could work on it. We, we really knew what was going on, and it was a no-brainer recommendation. Second recommendation comes around, because not everybody wants an RPR. You know, we get it. There, I mean, we have so many choices. Everywhere we go, we got choices. So then, good luck and things that I've been doing is the Tikas. 
Tikas are really great entry-level rifles. You can get them inexpensive. You can upgrade them in all these different ways, inexpensive trigger updates, all these different things. So the Tika was a recommendation, you know, recommended rifle. But it really, it's like, uh, okay, go find a Tika, dude. We didn't have a relationship with Beretta. Beretta's really hard to have a relationship with. I've had more god dang meetings with Beretta and the different things and going there. Hey, you're going to be our guy. We're going to do this. Hey, we're going to do... Never materializes, ever. I mean, I, I can't even tell you. Going from, you know, the the... The different rifles, when the PSR stuff came out, we were talking to them then, nothing. Then, you know, you talk about the Tikas, nothing. And then the Victrix. Three times I went to talk to them about the Victrix stuff, nothing. It, it went, it, 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 they dropped me like, whatever, it, you know, whatever their case may be. But this is going back years with Beretta. I've never been able to get anything out of them. So it's like, okay, let's recommend the Tika. But why support somebody that's really not supporting you guys and the different things? You know, it's just a retail proposition. Go out and find a Tika, go buy a Tika, blah, 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 blah. You know, with the RPR, it's kind of similar. Go out and find a rifle, go get the rifle, you know, go wherever you want, blah, blah, blah. So seeing what Ashbury was doing and the APO stuff and then that they had the, and they were bringing costs down. Because number one, I mean, look at the two biggest complaints, all right? Complaint number one at first was the chassis was too expensive. Complaint number two was too heavy. Well, now everybody's going to damn heavier rifles. They're running up to closer to 20 pounds plus. The chassis prices are coming down. The modularity on the chassis. Um, with this one rifle I have right here, I have like the lowest cost parts of it. And then the upgraded parts of it that I can show you how the modularity works. If things change, we can make adjustments, okay? If, But we wanted to address the, you know, number one, we wanted to address the stocks. We wanted a stock that promoted marksmanship. Ashbury's grip trigger section moves forward and back, just like I talked about with the Magpul, Magpul Pro 700 stock. That, to me, was a very inexpensive, you know, out-of-the-gate stock that addressed marksmanship. Trigger, you know, that grip forward and back, up, down, left, right, all these different things from marksmanship principles we talked about. Ashbury's always had that and has solved it. Then we look at the butt stock. Now they have the ability in the in the one backs like with the Cabela model. That Cabela model's thirteen hundred bucks, but it has a Magpul CTR butt stock. Okay, it folds, it does all that, and it's easy to swap. You know, you just you could you could replace it, and I'm going to do that with this one that I have. So you you can swap butt stocks, and then forends. You can swap forends from. The, the sort of hunter style they have, which is the lowest model, to the tube styles with the M-lock, which is sort of in the middle, to the big dollar carbon fiber, thicker, railed, yada, 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 to the full-blown Ashbury, which can rack the prices up pretty high, kind of like a Kadex, kind of like, you know, uh, the racks and stuff like that. So... Then talking with Morris and those guys, it was like, well, I like this, I like that. Let me show you what we got. And 
they deal with Remington in a way where they're doing an extra layer of QC. Because I've, you know, we've mentioned we've seen, you know, Remington's quality kind of go down a little bit. But at the same time, if you got a guy in between you and them who's looking at QC, and and I talked with them before, and I was kind of like, I'm not really 100% sure on this, you know, the barreled action part of it. Uh," And they're like, nah, dude, listen, we do an extra layer of QC. If it doesn't meet our standards, it goes back. And and we don't mess with it. We just get rid of it. It's it's kind of a deal. And so then I, I got the rifle in, and I'm shooting it. And it shoots fantastic. Threaded barrel, based off the um, the uh, SD. What is it? The AAC SD. Blah blah blah. They're 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 suppressed versions, right? So that's why the twenty inch, twenty two, and the different shorter barrels come in. But it's threaded. There's an extra layer of QC. Is Remington, so anybody can work on it. We're talking the you know the three fifty Chevy of rifle actions. You can go is far or nothing with a Remington that you want. You know what I mean? And Ashbury's offering some uh, gunsmithing upgrade options for people if you want a little bit more behind it. You know what I mean? But I'm shooting the 6.5 Creedmoor, Ashbury, the Cabela version. That That's sort of the base model of what we're building. Ours, again, is going to be a little bit more. Uh, and my only only complaint was the trigger the trigger was a rifle basic stock remington i hated it couldn't couldn't get anything i was shoot i shot a video for the online training with it doing unsupported positions and goddamn if it wasn't pulling me off target and trying to hit something with that trigger was like oh my god now i, I i'm you know i'm i'm been revisiting these trigger weights and everything to you like i talked about with kalen and you know that was an easy fix trigger tech Boom. So these guys get this this barreled action in. They QC it. They make sure it's everything's good. They install a trigger tech for you guys. And then it gets put into this Sniper's Hide Edition stock that we looked at. That can be, I don't want to say an entry-level rifle, but at the same time, because I really didn't see it as an entry-level, it is. It's a two-grand turnkey, you're done, modular. You can go in multiple directions. If you wanted to hunt with this rifle... Two screws up in the front, take the handguard off, and it's not heavy. It's a carbon fiber, and it's a nice M-Lock uh, octagon handguard. But you could put the Hunter version on. You know, oh, don't like this backside? Just put a different one on. You know, you can you can do things. The rifle, as it's coming in out of the box, is going to come in at 11 pounds. So we're not overly heavy, but you can go heavy if you want. Because it's got an M-Lock system... You can do the MDT weights, right? And you can kind of position some weights to give you that good center balance and stuff, especially because the Ashbury has, we're putting that heavier butt stock on the back and that's going to help balance it. So now you can kind of play with M-lock weights with the heavier butt stock, balance it, do whatever you want. Top it with a Night Force SHV, you can go in any direction. You can compete. You can go out and cross over with it, varmint, do whatever you want to do. You got 6.5 Creed more. You want to go shoot a deer or something, you could do that because it's not overly heavy. And at the same time, you can adjust it without a lot of money. So uh, we'll be finalizing that and I'm going to talk more on it. But I am coming down the wire. I am putting all these things in place. 
So, you know, again, apologies, end of the year, holidays, getting caught up, getting ready for SHOT Show and, and doing all that stuff. It, it really comes down to, you know, I just got so many irons in the fire and then trying to, to you know, make sure I'm in the right logical order to release these different things that are happening on top of the videos I have to do, the reviews that are still, you know, backlogged on me. I mean, I haven't really taken anything in um, because of the backlog on reviews, and I've been working to knock them out. So, uh, again, it's just one of those deals. And speaking of deals, I don't, you know, I got to guy, I, I did the Kalen and the Phil Vallejo video, uh, videos, blah, 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 uh, podcasts up. And I'm getting the people, ah, fuck you, I can't hear it. And it's like, dude. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to do a call-in anymore until I can get a hardware system. On my computer, it sounds fine. I'm up. I'm loaded it. Like, I did Phil's, and my voice was down, but Phil sounded great. I couldn't hear a difference in Phil to this to that. It sounds normal to me. But my voice, because I was on speaker, and we were both kind of both probably on speaker that way, and I said, okay, that didn't sound too great. I'm not a fan and then I uploaded it, and it sounded muddier. And I'm like, okay, what the hell? So now, part two, I go to Kalen. And Kalen calls in, and I go hardwire on it. I'm talking into, you know, a mic. And with my phone still, and I'm getting the call, it sounds fine. It sounds perfect on my computer. I upload it, and everybody's bitching that it's muddy again. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking... Podbean, and I didn't listen to it on iTunes, so I can't tell you, but there's got to be a compression algorithm going on that's kind of crushing it up a little bit and making it muddier. Like, I could tell you it for a fact, like YouTube with a video. If I make the video on my end right at a darkness level aesthetically that I like, if I put it into fa- into YouTube... It'll crush the colors down a bit. And by crushing them, I mean making them darker, right? Bringing them too bright, too dark. And then they get sort of muted. Well, there's compression stuff because you got all, you know, think of how many podcasts are on Podbean or whatever are out there and you're uploading to their computers. Well, that's a metric ton of space. So in order to make it fit, they compress the file size and crush them up. And I'm thinking I have to somehow brighten them up so that they don't muddy when they upload. There is a, a, a hardware solution coming out, and it was it's supposed to come out this month, but it's not available yet. It's still in pre-order that has a hardware phone-in solution to it. So I'm going to get that. There's I, I got to spend the money. There's nothing I can do because it, the, the the number of complaints about the Kalen and the Phil Vallejo podcast are just too much. I, I don't want to deal with it. And and I you know here I'm using good hardware. Here this sounds fine. Here everything's no problem. And I really don't know what to do. Is it I I set a hard limit on these for sound. I don't want it to go over minus three. You know what I mean? So it, it's going up or, or plus three, I guess would, would be the case, but it, I don't want it to go and clip. I may bring it down a little bit and then just, you'll have to deal with the volume a, a bit on your side. Maybe it makes us clearer, but we're quieter. If that makes sense to y'all, 
and then the volume will get handled on your end. But I listen to every one of these before they get uploaded. You know what I mean? I listen to the entire thing, and it sounds good. Then you upload it, and the complaints come in, and then you listen to it, and it's like, it's not the same. I mean, maybe I can do a, a one here and go, here it is playing on my computer. Here it is playing on the, on, the, on the app. And then you can hear the difference and try to say, well, okay, we get it. But the, the phone-in part is just the hardest, hardest part because of cellular services, because of speaker phones, and because of, like, internet with Skype. You know, a lot of these people, they do their, their podcasting call-in-wise over the internet and with Skype. And to me, there's a delay and a muddiness to Skype, and I don't like using the Skype. So I went with these tape-of-phone call apps and different things that they have where it goes straight through and, and hoping it would clean up. I, it, again, it's, set, it's settings, man. It's how fine-tuned and how much money you spend. I'm not using a board. I mean, I'm using an interface that has like a few gains and highs and lows and things, but I'm not using a board board. You know, to adjust everybody, like I can have you call in, we can tweak the board and then make the, you know, start the podcast. So right now you call in, I kind of just set the gain and the volume till it sounds pretty good. And I got my levels because I work almost completely off the level meter. And I'm getting, you know, other than I do listen to, like I said, certain, but, but I can tell by the level. So, but that's really all I have to work with, you know, and then. You, you, you go and record it. I clean it up. And I'm using Audition. I'm using really great Adobe soundboard software. And I'm, I'm going with noise canceling. I'm going with cleanup and different things. But I'm almost, like I said, I, I, apologies if you hate it and can't hear it. I think they've been outstanding podcasts. Uh, I've listened to, like I said, I listened to Kalen's twice. Because I, I thought that one came out good being hardwired in. Uh, but then... um. You know, the complaints roll in. So I'll do what I can with that. All right, guys. Another kind of topic I want to talk about. We were talking this weekend. Look, the Mill versus MOA is still coming up. You know what I mean? Everybody wants Mills versus MOA, another thread. It's it's never ending. Five pages in. Mills, MOA, MOA, Mills. So I kind of was looking at this in a different direction yesterday and the day before. And said to the guys who shoot MOA, because at the end of the day, we're, right, we got two angles. You got your mil-radian, milliradian angles, and then you got your minute of angle angles, okay? So we're dealing with angles, not linear, right? We, we've established that in previously, previous discussions, but at the same time, you know, then everybody starts going, well, one MOA is... You know, one point inch, or they all say one inch. Nobody does the 047s, and they all get rid of it, pretending it don't matter. So one inch at 100 yards. And one mil is 3.6 inches. So one MOA is better. It's like, okay, you know, we're always hunting for a better, clearer way to describe this to a new shooter, someone who doesn't know. How How do you impress the pros and cons of one angle versus another on a new shooter. And we basically, you know, up until three days ago, it was like, well, communication. Communication is the key. So if 
I'm going to shoot with Mike, we want to communicate. If his scope is MOA and my scope is Mills, we're not effectively communicating. Now, if all you ever do is go out on by yourself, spend your Saturday afternoon at the range, shoot your groups, shoot your steel, pack up, go home, talk on the internet, next week do it again, doesn't matter. You can use anything, right? It really makes very little difference from that standpoint because we're talking in, in, so, you know, this is where the debates come in, blah, which, you know, which is better, their angles, one doesn't matter, one's not better than the other, they're just two different ways of saying the same thing. In, in classes, I, I, I put it in the context of language, okay, we're speaking English right now. Well, all the guys listening in Europe, our, our big crews in Sweden and Finland and in Germany and all the different places in Europe, a lot of those guys are multilingual. So for them, it's super easy, okay? Because they, 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 they've got the metric system down, the base 10 system down. They're, 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 you know, Johnny Wizards moving that decimal point. Where we're stuck in a fraction world, okay? So we're talking base 10 versus fractions. And so we're always doing fractions and doing all these different things. Where the guys who are multilingual, they're they're just they're nailing it and looking at us like we're silly. So it it gets to be the point of you know Mills are German, MOA is English in terms of language, you know, but it's really not. That's just a kind of a cheap way of saying it, and admittedly, it's a cheap way of saying it. So. Now we're looking at it and looking at it. Five pages of debate. It's like, God dang, will this ever end? What are we doing? So then um, we got a guy on there. It's Skookum, you know, and and that's like a Mark Taylor term. Oh, that's Skookum, man. And so there's this guy, Skookum, who's really spun up with Mills and and the different things. He's he's been a longtime member, and he's spun up with, with how to break this down real easy. So... We're kind of going back and forth, and we're seeing where this debate is going. Well, the question comes up on page three over in the forum. What about wind? How? Because we've explained our mill, wind, BC method, G1, first number, you know, 0.5 at 500 yards, yada, yada, yada. It tells you what mile an hour gun. We've gone over the wind with mills in hyper detail simplifying it to the point where all you have to know is what mile per hour gun you have and then it's one two three four five six then it might leapfrog depending on your caliber but it doesn't matter what caliber you shoot doesn't matter anything all you have to do is know the bullet you have that g1bc first number and then you know what that equals in miles per hour you're done moa well there's the British method, right? So you, you kind of have that British method is really the only shortcut that's out there. And part of the, the deal with that is, you, you, you know, breaking down, let me see if I can get over here and, and, and bring it up, that it's, you know, it still has a, uh, here we go. So here's this British method. Let's see if I can... Um, Nope, that's not the right one. So hang on, let me grab the right one so I can, I don't want to get it wrong and I want to read it perfect for you guys. Okay, so basically it's a 10, it's a based off of a 10 mile an hour wind. Everywhere you go, 
it's a 10 mile an hour wind, right? That's your main full value, 10 miles an hour kind of deal. And then it's basically saying at 100 yards, it's one minute per 100 yards, okay? So that's that's one of those things that, that you're looking at. So you have one minute at 100, two minutes at two, and so on like that. And, and there's and you know there's different examples of, of how you're dealing with that. So if you have a three mile an hour wind at 400, it would be 12, right? So that that that's kind of that deal. So it would be 1.2 MOA. In the same thing, it's this whole based on a 10 mile an hour wind. And it's easy, but it's bullet specific. It's like a 308, 168, yada, yada, yada. And there's that. Because we don't want to do for MOA, really the only wind formula anybody knows is the USMC version with the constants. And the problem with the constants is that you it's a constant the constant given is for again a 168 173 whatever you want to look at and it's that 15 14 13 bigger numbers you got to go this longhand math and we've said over and over again if you're doing longhand math in the field you've already failed well then you had Jeff Hoffman okay from Black Hills there's the Hoffman formula which actually changes the constant from you know, those 15, 14, 13 to 1, 2, 0 based on the caliber. But it's, again, one. it's it's based on a 168, 308. There's a little bit of sliding magic done with a 77 grain and a little bit of sliding magic done with a 300 win mag. Basically, what Jeff Hoffman did was said, here's your three mainstay military calibers. I think he might have did four. Three mainstay military calibers, your 308, your 300 win mag, your 338, and then your 77 grain 5.56. And he simplified the longhand USMC formula with a different constant. And it almost looks a little bit like the um the British method, okay? So that's one of those deals where uh, it's math. You're doing work, and it's not something you can just off the top of your head memorize. So yesterday I put this post up there and I'm like, hey, if you shoot them away, give me your method for using for doping wind. Because we like I said, in Mills, we talked about it. You could do it on the fly. You don't have to carry anything. You can it's it's easy to think about. Well, nobody had an answer. And the only answer it was like took on the second page, one guy came in with the, the Hoffman formula and that was it. And it's like, well, okay, you got the British method, you got the Hoffman formula, you, you got these different things, and it's not simple. We want to simplify it and make it logical like that. So it became a question of MOA versus Mills. Well, let's get away from quarter minute versus a third, you know, 0.25 voices 0.36. And let's look at it from a wind standpoint because elevation's irrelevant, really. Hey, I'm going to shoot that target. I'm going to use 7.5 MOA. I'm going to use 2.2 mils. Doesn't matter. It's just a number. I'm either going to dial 2.2 or I'm going to dial 7.5, right? And that's going to get me my elevation. But I have to go through a process and dope that. We get it. And then you can have your charts, your data books, whatever the case may be. But now the wind. If you're a mill guy, 
you don't really need anything else. You can just go and say, boom, you know, one, two, three, four, five, and variation of I got a five-mile gun. It's a seven-mile-an-hour win. You know, all I have to do is go, okay, I'm going to use uh, 0.7 instead of this. It, it, it's, it's, you know, instead of 0.5, I'll use 0.7, whatever the case may be. And it's going to put you right there. Now, you can break that down and fine-tune it, but at the same time, you really don't have to. Most target size will absorb the little bit of error that might be in. You know, because if your BC is 0.58 something, you know, that would be like a 5.8 mile an hour gun, you know, but you don't have to do it to that fine a degree. And and it's funny, in the Hoffman article, if you read on Jeff Hoffman's wind formula, there, I, I, I copied a line and it even says, um, it, it, it's funny, you know, we're rounding this down because we don't want to use fractions. And it's like, MOA's fractions are ready. What do you mean you're rounding it and don't want to use fractions? Uh, you know, and, and so that was, uh, that that's kind of how it, 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 it started. And I don't know, man. It, it, it's just like, it, it's so, it, it's conflicting. And, and it's not just conflicting opinion. Because, I mean, a lot of, dude, this, I'm not, I mean, I may sound assertive, I may sound confident in my speech, but it's an opinion based on my experience, but it's not the only way to do something. I mean, I've already listed off several different ways of doing different things, right? You know, there's the British method, Hoffman's method, the USMC, the longhand formula, the one that's there. There's all these different methods. I mean, even to the point of just go to your ballistic calculator and let it do the work. But we found, you know, you still want a true wind because we're talking about adjusting BCs and the different things in that these formulas have to use the available information and these available parts to it to give you the win. And, you know, it's one of those deals where... uh, there, there is a little bit of fudge, but we want to minimize it. We want to kind of reduce the rounding. And, and it's funny because they rounded like a half minute out of Jeff's example. And it's like, wow, that's kind of a big round, you know, because you could dial it twice. You know, you could dial a quarter and a half. So you're, you're talking two clicks of rounding where like mill, you, you really don't round with mills because that point one gets adjusted. You'd have to be 0.05 or 0.0 something, and then it really doesn't matter. I mean, that's less than almost the thickness of the reticle, right? You know, if you, when you look at how thick reticles are. So the error factor in that 0.0 of something is, is irrelevant. But when you're rounding a full quarters and halves, it's no longer irrelevant because you could dial it. You know, and, and, and so that's kind of just where, where it all, uh, it, it, it played out. But so what I'm going to ask you to do, let's fix MOA. Let's find a solution to simplify it and a solution that'll work with more than one caliber. Because we already know the wind is going to be adjusted by that BC. So we can use that in a simple rule of thumb for 
an MOA shooter like we're doing for a mill shooter, then boom, we solve the problem. But as of right now and today, when the answer comes down to mills versus MOA, it's not equal. It's not the same. It's not a split hair anymore because now we're dealing with the fraction. We're dealing with the communication and we're dealing with the wind doping. Okay. How do you get your wind solution? Because the wind solution is everything. An MOA falls down in the wind. It just does. It's a fact. I mean, I don't, you know, prove me wrong. You know, I'm going to do that. Isn't that that like louder with Crowder guy? He sits on the corner somewhere and he says, you know, blah, 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 blah. Prove me wrong. And, and he invites, you know, people to confront him. So there's just, it, it, it has to be more than history. It has to be more than that's the way we've always done it. That's what we're doing. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? It has to be more than just because. There's there's real value to, to what we're looking at. Yeah, you could say one MOA per 10 mile an hour win for this bullet, but where does it translate to the other bullets? What are we using as the factor? The the easiest the, the answer for the MOA guys is do the do the math once, put it in a win chart, and then never do the math again, but just be married to that chart. You know, I've shown and demonstrated the charts we use so you don't have to do any longhand math. You don't have to think. You just basically are going to take it and flip up that chart. I mean, base, if you have an arm bar, you know, one side's going to be elevation. The other side could be wind. But you, you, you want to nail it down because it, it requires homework. And, and you know, it, and here's the deal. We've grown up our entire life hating homework. So what happens? Nobody does the homework, and then people just go, well, my phone will tell me. Oh, the phone will do it. Eh, app has it. I'm good. Meanwhile, they're pulling hairs out with the apps just for elevation. Now you're going to just, oh, you know, go, well, the wind. The wind's harder. It's not consistent. These things look at the wind in a straight, consistent line straight line it would be as if you can set a stopwatch to waves on an ocean so if every wave if you stood on a beach okay here, here's here's the chat here's the the the, the, the visual we're gonna stand on a beach the waves are coming in every single one of them has to be identical because that's how the software sees it. But we know it's not. One minute you're standing there and it's kind of gently on your feet. The next minute it's hitting your knee. You know, or it's back. Whoa, where did that one come from? You know what I mean? What happened there? That pushed that. That's the same thing with wind. Then the terrain factor. How terrain slows it down, speeds it up, interrupts it, does all these things. So what a formulas that look at the wind in a completely, perfectly straight line, there's going to be a problem. So we want to we we consider that. We want to look at it. And that's why we want something a little bit sharper on the fly that doesn't require us to do any longhand math. I don't want any multiplication and division going on here. You know what I mean? 
I want to read something. I want to know something. I want to have a one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, eleven. You know what I mean? Like that. Where I can look at it and instantly know what the answer is. Oh, I got a five mile an hour gun. I got a 10 mile an hour win. One mil out of 500 yards. No thinking, no math, no nothing. 0.5 times two, burp, burp, one mil. And, you know, that's not where, it's not intuitive that way. So that's what we're looking to do. That's where we want to be with MOA if you're going to make it viable. You know, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's just one of those deals, man. So anyway, that's kind of where my head's been at with, with looking at this and kind of playing back and forth. I know I screwed up that British thing a little bit. I'm not, like I said, my head's in six places and I wanted to read it. And I don't, ha- I'm on, I don't have my computer up the way I want. I was on something different. And it, uh, it it just kind of went out of my But it is a minute per 10-mile-an-hour win per 100 yard. And, it, and it's pretty simple rule of thumb that way. Uh, but I was going to read the examples and the whole thing. And then sure as hell, when you look it up, it's, it's, it, it doesn't come back the way you want. Um, and then, again, there's, there's another one with the rule of nines and the whole thing. And, the, you know, the British rule of nines is mills. But we don't even want to go there because we already have a better method than the rule of nines, which is why I never talk about the rule of nines. That's just the Army's mill version of the British method. And so, um, you know, anyway, that's that's where we're at. So I, uh, I hope you guys enjoy uh, coming up on Christmas fast, man. Again, thanks to Mile High for that Christmas party. Thanks to Mike and Paul and all the fun and all the stuff we did last night. It, it was a good time. It was definitely a... Um, it was definitely a good time. So I'm going to speed off. I'm going to let this guy get uploaded and get it out there. I'm, I'm honestly, honestly, honestly working my butt off to sort out the call in and to sort out the quality. I mean, I, I want the quality to be exactly like this and not to be something. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's a modification of my methods in, cleaning up this audio i go through like four processes i do i like i said i do a a noise print capture then i go and uh i do a noise uh reduction then i normalize then i hard limit normalize i I do like four different things and without an actual board to to manually you know get the modulation correctly i just the only thing i can think of is quieter and cleaner and trying to have you guys boost your volumes a little bit, but I'm going to have to see how that works. It, it, it's it's a bit of trial and error. It's a bit of an experimentation because anytime I go online looking for this stuff or looking it up, it it's, it's repeating the same answers every single time. And to me, it's just, again, it's so situational dependent. It drives me nuts. It's one of the things that keeps me up, man. It, not that, you know, it, it's like, shit, that audio. I don't know. I want it to sound better. All right, guys. I will talk to you later. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Uh, we'll be getting together. We'll be talking a bunch this week as the holidays comes. Hey, guys, make sure you watch out. No drinking and driving, right? Get an Uber, do Lyft, whatever the heck you got to do. But be careful. I just saw, oh, dang, yeah, nah, something else. Forget it. Uh, but I just saw Utah's like uh, lowering their DUI thing down to like 0.05 or something. They're bringing it into the lowest in the country. It's money makers, man. You don't want to you don't want to pay them because they're 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 gonna they're looking for money and they want to use you. All right, guys, have a great time. Later.